This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello and welcome into the Scraby Show for Monday night. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for being with us on Gwen and Chris. Thank you for being with the station all day long. We are going to talk about a ton tonight. We're going to talk about the football games. We're going to also, around 6.20, I'm going to lay out a Padres theory I heard over the weekend talking with my friends. And it all has to do with Hassan Kim and whether or not he will still be on the team by the trade deadline. So that is going to be around 6.20. Here in this first segment, we're going to be talking about the news of the day which is a trade in baseball. I know the guys were giving me a hard time about that, but I, I think with the so, I guess, the the so little news from baseball so far this offseason, any sort of trade is going to get my attention. And so we will tell you, or I will tell you what that trade was in just a second. It's not really that big of a trade. It's also not a trade that uh, is going to really affect the Padres in any way, but we will talk about it anyway. If you would like to watch the show, you can on YouTube or X or Facebook. If you go to YouTube, just uh, search 97.3 The Fan. X and Facebook, just go to our 97.3 The Fan page. Also, we are on Twitch now, which is 97.3 The Fan, if you want to watch on Twitch. Uh, If you want to chat, though, with the show or with me or with everybody else listening, you can at YouTube by just, again, searching 97.3 The Fan. It's it's been a really fun couple weeks since I started The Scraby Show, and I appreciate people giving me the feedback that I've been getting. I I know that sometimes I sound a little frazzled, and that's just basically because I am a human being that gets frazzled very easily, but I'm also here in the studio by myself. So I hope that everyone will be a little bit easier on me when I mess up running the board or if I forget what I'm talking about because something happened like a big pop-up on the computer says, the computer's going to shut down, which did happen last week. So that is why I sound a little bit frazzled. And the reason I'm bringing it up is I had a long talk with a friend over the weekend. He said, you sound too frazzled. And I had to tell him that. So I wanted to bring that here as well. But of course, we are going to start with the Super Bowl matchup, and it is the Chiefs and the 49ers. I'm not telling you anything you didn't know already. And we're going to get into the the meat and potatoes, as they say, for the, conf- uh, the conference championship games here in just a second. But first reaction to the matchup was... I don't really want my 49ers to face the Chiefs. I don't I didn't want it at all. I guess I would have taken the Ravens a little bit more because they were a team that hasn't been there before, haven't been to the Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson as quarterback, so it was something that I was hoping to face Lamar Jackson, but no, the 49ers are going to face Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and 
I saw a lot of debate yesterday about Patrick Mahomes and whether or not he is the the new goat. And I don't really know if he's the new goat, but if he keeps going the way he's doing, he's going right now. He's most definitely going to be the GOAT. His, as Marcus McNeil said in that interview maybe 15 minutes ago with Quinn and Chris, Patrick Mahomes' stats are just unreal. Some, he's doing stuff that people never thought was going to happen again in the, in the game of football, where Tom Brady wins all those Super Bowls. Tom Brady just controls the postseason for his entire career. But really, what Patrick Mahomes is doing is as impressive. And I think Patrick Mahomes is the better quarterback of the two, which is crazy to say. You're right. It might be crazy to say, actually. But if you think about it, Patrick Mahomes, if you were going to take a quarterback in a draft and have him for all season long, I think you take Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if you take Tom Brady as your number one overall pick. Again, crazy to say. But I think Patrick Mahomes is the more talented quarterback, the more athletic quarterback. Tom Brady knows how to win, and Tom Brady has the drive to win, and so does Patrick Mahomes. But Patrick Mahomes is someone, I think, who can put the team on his back and win a game if he needs to run, if he needs to throw the ball, if he needs to do anything, if he needs to catch the ball. Someone's going to throw it to him. Patrick Mahomes can do it all. So I I think uh, that's Patrick Mahomes – May actually, if he continues on this this uh, stretch that he's been going on here in the last six years, he could possibly be in the same sentence or even ahead of Tom Brady in the goat sentence. But that's all yet to be seen. We we don't really know what's going to happen there. But I, I I think that Patrick Mahomes is. I think we said it a couple weeks ago. He we are watching a living legend play right now, and as much as I don't like it. You know, I have to respect it. I I really do have to respect what he's done. It's time to get caught up on the latest with the news of the day. All right. So the news of the day. Let's start with the trade in baseball. Number one. And it would be a trade involving two American League teams. Now, it was for Jorge Polanco, the Minnesota Twins, and the Seattle Mariners made a trade. And again, I'm bringing this up because there's been so little that has happened this offseason in baseball that I just was excited to see that baseball was still happening, that baseball was planning on a season coming up. But the Mariners acquired second baseman Jorge Polanco from the Twins for four players. Right-handed pitcher Anthony DiSclefani, right-handed pitcher Justin Topa, and then two minor league guys, Darren Bowen and Gabriel Gonzalez, which is Gabriel Gonzalez is the number three prospect in the Twins or a Seattle's system. But Jorge Polanco is a good, proven player, and I think the Mariners are going to like this. But honestly, it doesn't move the needle for me. It's just something that we can talk about today because there is actually some news coming out of baseball. It just doesn't doesn't move the needle for me and everybody is acting like this is a huge trade because for the Mariners it's a big trade but for the rest of baseball I don't think this is going to make note or anyone's going to really you know text their friends about it if you're not a Mariners or Twins fan if you're a fan of one of those two teams you're definitely interested in this but I don't think that you are I don't think that uh you're really going to pay attention to this much more than when Jorge Polanco comes to town with the Mariners or something like that. So that is the first story of the day. 
And the second news story of the day. Number two. We just briefly talked about it. And it would be the conference championship games. Now, I know Gwen and Chris broke it down a lot. I I held some of my conversation for the Scraby Show tonight. But if we're going to look at what Lamar Jackson and the Ravens did, they did a really terrible job of coming prepared for that game. And it wasn't that they, they came in without having put in the effort. I felt like their energy level was so, so low. And I look to the team leader, Lamar Jackson, and he's going to take it from every single angle today because he lost and he didn't have a great game. But I I didn't see the same Lamar Jackson that I saw over the course of the regular season or even in that game against the Texans. It's not even about him running the ball. I just didn't see the the, um, demeanor from Lamar Jackson as one of... The, the 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 entire season. He didn't really seem like he was in his players' faces, and you know, that doesn't always happen, and it doesn't always work out well for a quarterback to get in their players' faces, but Lamar Jackson's the heart and soul of that team, and when he goes to the sideline and he just kind of sits there and doesn't really show emotion or doesn't really show that he has you know a, a fiery passion inside of him, I think the rest of the team kind of sees that, and they take on the personality of their leader and Lamar Jackson's their leader. I, I just don't know. I, I, I don't know what else you could say about Lamar Jackson. He's a great player. He's going to win his second MVP, but he can't get past that big game. And so that's the next thing that he's going to have to prove in his career. Can he get to the Super Bowl? Can he win a Super Bowl? And right now the answer is no, he cannot get to a Super Bowl. He cannot win a Super Bowl with the way that he's doing things right now. And I know it's probably unfair for me to say that it's Lamar Jackson's fault that they lost because of his leadership and his demeanor. But really, look at some of those other games and tell me he's not he, and tell me he's the same guy as he was yesterday because he's not. The whole season he was a different he was a different type of leader. He was more vocal, he was more emotional, and I just didn't see that from him yesterday. And they they, they the Ravens had many opportunities to get back in that game or get in the game because I can't even count how many times the Ravens defense gave Lamar back the ball and he was able to maybe even it was like a three and out and getting the ball back trying to go down and either tie up the game or kick a field goal and they just couldn't do it and so the Chiefs flat out outplayed the Ravens yesterday and the Chiefs are the deserving team of going to the Super Bowl it's just kind of annoying to me a little bit that the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl because of how I guess I guess the kids are saying mid they looked all year because they did. I thought this was the year that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are going to miss out on the Super Bowl because they weren't good enough. And Patrick Mahomes took it upon himself to show everyone that he is absolutely good enough. And I I am very hesitant to say the 49ers are going to win this game hands down because Patrick Mahomes seems like he is he can will anything to victory and that's someone I don't want to face in a championship game he wants to win so incredibly bad and when you face Patrick Mahomes in these big big huge massive games he usually ends up coming out on top and I'm not a fan of that I don't want that to happen whatsoever Now, in the other game, the Lions and the 49ers, obviously I'm extremely happy that the 49ers won. Uh, And I'm sorry to you you people out there that are not 49er fans, you're Lions fans. 
But the Lions had this game. I don't want to hear anything about how the 49ers got lucky or the 49ers didn't win the game. They actually did win the game if you check the score. But I would say that this wasn't even on Jared Goff. This wasn't even on Dan Campbell. This is on a team, and I said this Friday, this is on a team that was not ready for that moment. And I'm not saying that they weren't ready to capitalize in the moment. I'm saying that they. this is their first time in 60-something years being in the NFC Championship, or not first time, but it's been a long, 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 long time since the uh, Lions were this deep in the playoffs. And so... When you have that happen, in my mind, it takes a team a year or two to figure out how to play those big games. And so I wasn't trying to be arrogant, as Chris would call me as a 49er fan. I wasn't trying to be arrogant at all. I was trying to say that the 49ers, they have been in these situations before, just like the Chiefs. Why do you think the Chiefs didn't panic throughout the playoffs? Why do you think the Chiefs didn't panic yesterday? Because they've been there before, and they know how to handle it. And the Lions, I think they got a little bit too carried away on feeling themselves with a 24-7 lead at halftime. I don't think any of them were saying that they got this or they're already celebrating win. Maybe C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who was, yelling, or who was uh, signaling bye-bye to the crowd. But I just think that these guys didn't know what to expect when their backs were up against the wall in a huge game of that magnitude. You may not feel like you're, you're, you're feeling pressure, but at the end of the game, when it's on you to try and win the game, it, there, there's going to be pressure that's building, and I feel like the 49ers handled that pressure just a little bit better than the uh, Lions did yesterday. Brock Purdy, I'm not going to fight about him anymore because all he does is go out there and play hard and win, or well, at least win yesterday. But I'm not going to do the whole, whole Brock Purdy, is he a game manager thing anymore because it doesn't really matter. In the end, he's the quarterback of the 49ers, and I have to get behind the quarterback of the 49ers. But what Brock Purdy did yesterday, I think, was pretty pretty amazing. For a guy who's in his second year in the league to have to come down from come back from a 24 to 7 deficit, I would put any quarterback out there and see if they could do that, let alone a second year quarterback. And he had already thrown an interception in that game. Kyle Shanahan looked extremely annoyed with him during the game. Or during, or right after that interception. But Brock Purdy, all he's going to do is go out and play his game. And so I'm not going to get in those arguments anymore about whether or not Brock Purdy is the game manager or if he is actually a great quarterback because all I care about is whether or not the 49ers win. And I'm sure that's pretty annoying to all you non-49er fans out there. And I'm sure you all have very strong opinions about Brock Purdy and the 49ers. But... I don't know. It's the lesser of two evils. Do you want the Chiefs to win another Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes to win another Super Bowl? Or would you like for some other team to dethrone the Chiefs like the 49ers would? We're going to be talking about the Super Bowl for the next couple of weeks. But I really thought the conference championship games were pretty fun. Uh, it was very stressful last night for me. And I, I think uh, that the Ravens... Sorry to say they could learn something from from the 49ers. They need to figure out why they can't get past that next level. Lamar Jackson needs to figure out why he can't win in the playoffs. And I don't understand why things change in the playoffs, except for the pressure. I understand that. I don't understand how you go from doing something weekly 
like winning like the Ravens were and then just completely not do what you've been doing all year. It's just it boggles my mind and I'm sure it boggles the Ravens mind. I'm sure John Harbaugh went home thinking what the heck happened. All of that stuff. All right. Finally, the last story of the news of the day. And again, number three, when baseball season starts or when big news is there, I'm going to be talking about it. But since because we don't have any big news, I'm going to be talking about something that maybe kicked off the Scraby show. Made the Scraby show what it is, and that would be the Roomba. Now, Amazon was supposed to buy Roomba, which is one of those robot um, vacuum cleaners, and they were going to buy Amazon was going to buy it, and then I was concerned that it was going to be Amazon maybe mapping out houses because they have the, iro- the iRobot Roomba vacuum in there. But what happened today was pretty big, actually. Amazon has Nick's plans to buy Roomba, after the company's mutually determined the pending acquisition has, quote, no path to regulatory approval in the European Union. So basically what happened was the European Union was, uh, it's called the European Commission, which is the European Union's antitrust watchdog. Uh, They blocked this deal because they were saying that it would not have a big enough, there would not be a big enough market for other robot vacuum companies And so that is why they are going to terminate it. And that is why they're not going to go through with the deal. Um, The European Commission initially raised concerns last fall, and they've been looking into this ever since. And Amazon was still going forward with their purchase, trying to become the monopoly that they are. And it's, it's, it's music to my ears to hear this, because I am all against Amazon becoming a company that is going to control every part of our lives. I did not need Amazon knowing the out the the layout of our houses. I didn't need it. Amazon's actually going to have to pay uh, the company's called iRobot who makes Roomba. They're going to have to pay a $94 million termination fee. So it is not cheap for Amazon to get out of this deal, but the European Commission said no. No, Amazon, we are not going to let you take over the world. And I have to give a round of applause to the European Commission. All right, that's it for the news of the day. When we get back, we'll talk about the Padres and possibly a backup plan if the Padres trade Hassan Kim. I'll tell you who is that backup plan when we get back. I'm Matt Scraby. This is The Scraby Show on 97.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Welcome back into the Scraby Show here on 97.3 The Fan. I'm Matt Scraby. If you would like to follow me on social media, you can at M-A-T-T-S-K-R-A-B as in boy. Why? I'm on uh, X and I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook. I'm on all the places except for TikTok. I'm not on TikTok because I don't really understand TikTok. Anyway. Anyway, thank you for joining me here tonight. Thank you for allowing me to talk about the Roomba story for uh, for our third story in the news of the day. It's that slow of a day, everybody. I mean, it's it's that slow of a day that we need to talk about Roomba. The 2024 Pro Bowl games are this Sunday, and you can hear them right here on 97.3 The Fan and the Odyssey app starting at noon, live from Orlando. I honestly don't know why they're doing the uh, the Pro Bowl anymore. Last year it looked kind of fun, but I can't see the guys loving it that much every single year. And uh, Tyreek Hill got he took a spill in the game last year. Someone hit him. It's just um, it's not it's not a good game. And I don't think that the Pro Bowl is something they should have anymore. But we will have it on our station here, ninety-seven three, the fan on Sunday. Also, the Super Bowl will be on our station, ninety-seven three, the fan on Super Bowl Sunday. Two Sundays from this coming Sunday. No wait. One Sunday from this coming Sunday. I really think they need to get rid of this week in between the Super Bowl and the NFC AFC Championship. I know that they're trying to get the teams and, and get them as healthy as possible. I know that they're trying to do all that for the best game, but I feel like they're losing a lot of momentum. And granted, it's the Super Bowl, so I don't really know that they need much momentum heading into it. But I feel like everybody's talking about the games this weekend. And if we were talking about the Super Bowl on Sunday, it would just continue the frenzy of the NFL into the Super Bowl. But this um, week in between always gets me. It's always like we don't have football anymore because we only have one more game left. So we're going to have to get used to these Sundays being nothing Sundays for until about September. Well, not nothing Sundays because we got the Padres starting. And I believe that some of their Sunday games are going to be pretty good. But it's just um, I'm a fan of moving with the momentum. And it's not what the break in the middle does. They also have to do some things like media responsibilities. They have to do the Super Bowl. Um, what is it called every year? Media Day, which I believe is on like Tuesdays before the Super Bowl. So I'm curious to see when the Chiefs get there, when the 49ers get there, everything that goes into that. And uh, I have uh, applied for a media credential from the NFL so that I can go to the Super Bowl. I don't uh, believe I've received a response yet, and I don't believe I will receive a response yet. But I saw earlier I was looking for tickets because I'm thinking Super Bowl's in Vegas. When's the next time I'm going to see the 49ers in a Super Bowl that's that close to home? Probably. I don't know. So I looked. Cheapest ticket, $9,000 is what I found on a secondary market. $9,000. Now, I do not have that money, so I will be not going. I will not be going to the game, nor will I ever spend that money on a game. I would not buy a ticket for $9,000 unless I was like a billionaire because $9,000 to go to a game is incredibly crazy to me. But, you know, if you find a ticket for maybe 10 bucks, let me know. I'll be heading over there. I'll be heading that way, and I will be watching the Super Bowl. Adam, are you listening? Send me to the Super Bowl, Adam. Sponsor me to go to the Super Bowl. It's not going to work. All right. Uh, I was talking about before the break that there is – I was talking to some friends yesterday, and we were talking about Hassan Kim 
and whether or not it's a good idea to trade him or not. This is the hot topic. So it's not like I'm just recycling recycling these uh, topics. This is what we have in front of us because the Padres would be uh, – the Padres have had such a slow offseason. Dan said on the chat, slow day, like the whole Padres offseason. It has been really slow, and it's 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 like mind-numbingly slow, to me at least. And so I was thinking over the weekend, independent of talking with my friends, that I the mindset was I was driving home Friday night from work, and I was thinking, how can they keep Hassan Kim and they keep this team together without breaking the bank? And so basically, I mean, I'm not a genius or anything, but basically my thought was maybe this reset this year, uh, getting under the, the the luxury tax threshold, because this would be their third year over if they did just continue to go over the luxury tax. They they can't afford the 50% tax, which would be somewhere around like $100 million or, some, or more, $125 million, which is insane. And no team ever wants to pay that. So it's not just the Padres stepping out on that. It's every team stepping out on that. But maybe this reset was necessary because they're going to be able to spend a little bit more next year. If they need to re-sign Kim, uh, the Padres could be planning this all right now. And we just don't know. And so it's hard for me to come to a decision right now as to whether or not you would trade Hassan Kim. Now, part of me says you should trade Hassan Kim because we saw it with Juan Soto. And I know that Hassan Kim is not close to a player that Juan Soto is. But his value right, is never going to be as high. Well, let me take that back. His value right now is the highest it's ever been. And that can go two ways if they were to go through the season with Hassan Kim on the team. Maybe he improves and his trade value goes more or goes up, goes more. Yeah, I can speak English. Uh, Or he regresses and his trade value goes down. So there's kind of a a little bit of a gamble here. Now, I think that Hassan Kim is going to continue to get better. But he's also not going to be able to stay with the team for $8 million a year once this coming season is over. He's going to want more money. He's going to get more money because he is a proven, I guess he is as proven as you can be from coming over from Korea. And it, he, um, the, I'm forgetting the guy the Giants sign right now. Lee is his name. And he's not some of the other players that have come over because he has played at the major league level. He has proven that he can play at the major league level. And so I think that teams are more willing to part with maybe a better prospect or better major leaguer for Hassan Kim because they know that he has performed at this level. I, I cannot believe that the Giants signed Lee to a $113 million deal without even knowing what he was going to do. But that's what they did, and the Padres aren't going to do that. And I don't think that they should do that. I think it's smart for them to stay out of that business of paying over $100 million for a guy who – hasn't even stepped foot in a major league batting box yet. And so with Hassan Kim, if you're going to, I think I say, if you go into the year, you are planning on him being on the team the rest of the season. Now at the trade deadline, if something comes along that someone offers you for him and you're in a place where you can make that deal, then I think you do it. If it makes sense for the team, if it makes the team better, because they're not going to get anything for him if they continue to keep him this entire year without really any plans of re-signing him. 
So the backup plan could be this, and we've heard all about it, but Jackson Merrill is the Padres' top prospect, and I I think that Jackson Merrill is going to be at some point on the Major League roster this season. Not, Not to start the season. I don't think that at all. But at some point, he will be brought up, and he will be on the Major League roster because it seems like he's ready to take that next step. And I don't know exactly what the Padres are thinking about him, but say Hassan Kim is traded. Who are you going to replace Hassan Kim with? Hassan Kim plays third, he plays shortstop, he plays second. He plays a lot of positions. Well, Jackson Merrill is a shortstop by trade. And so, and I know Xander Bogarts is there, but he can play other positions. I don't know that they're going to put Jackson Merrill in the outfield, but I do think that Jackson Merrill could be, even before we know what he could do at the major league level, I think that he has a good enough name, a good enough pedigree, a good enough um, contribution so far in the minor leagues that it wouldn't be crazy for the Padres to trade Hassan Kim and rely on him for the rest of the rest of the season to play defensively. I'm not even expecting him to be a good offensive player right out the gate. It's just added bonus. But as long as he can play defense and play it really well, I think that's uh, that's a pretty good trade-off. I, I don't think that Jackson Merrill is going to come up and be bad. I, I just don't think that's that's in his DNA. And I don't think the Padres are going to trade Jackson Merrill as well. So that leaves us with the Hassan Kim situation. And whether or not they're going to listen to offers from teams or even make offers to teams themselves. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if the Padres did trade Hassan Kim. But side note, I don't want them to trade him before the Korea trip because he needs to go back and play with the Padres in Korea because that would be amazing. It's going to be fun to see. But I also don't think he's going to be traded before the season because I think that they're going to wait around until the trade deadline to kind of see what they are, what kind of shape they're in amongst the NOS and amongst the playoff ranks. Because if they're a team that is right there and they're, they're making a playoff run, and if they could get just, you know, a couple more guys and Hassan Kim's having a good first half, I definitely go explore that trade because you're not guaranteed to get him back on the team if you decide that you aren't going to sign him to a big contract. He's not coming back for a small deal. He's going for a big deal. So if this is some sort of reset spending year and you want to keep it cheap for next year, you trade Hassan Kim, you bring up Jackson Merrill at the trade deadline. And Jackson Merrill is going to be under team control for a long time. And Hassan Kim was never under team control because he signed from the KBO. And so it wasn't like they had the running clock waiting or uh, running on Hassan Kim and whether when he was able to get out of his third arbitration, he's able to negotiate on the free market. And Jackson Merrill will not be able to do that. He will be under control in arbitration for a couple years. So they would have a pretty good alternative in regards to the payroll if they wanted to unload Hassan Kim, bring in maybe one or two guys that are going to help the team and then have Jackson Merrill make nothing comparatively to what Hassan Kim would make. And that would help them with the payroll. That would help the Padres kind of skirt through, cut some of that fat, and and get on pace to being back to a place where they could spend money next offseason. So maybe 
maybe, maybe that is a it, it might be a an alternative for the Padres if they are needing one at some point next season. Uh, let me see the chat right now. Um, Batten can play third. Azokar and Marcano can platoon in left. I think the Padres blew it. They could have signed Jankowski. I I don't agree with that, SB Fly. I don't agree with that because Travis Jankowski is not going to change the entire outlook of your team. Travis Jankowski is a good player, but he's a bench player. He's not an everyday player. Matthew Batten's not an everyday player. Azokar is not an everyday player. When you're looking at these things, I I think that, yes, I want to see the Padres fill out their outfield, but I want to see them do it with the right people, not just guys that are out, not just guys that are still on the market and not just guys that are maybe good clubhouse guys or cheap guys, but guys that are going to actually help this team and actually contribute for this team. So we still have less, we have like less, I guess it's February 11th, so or yeah, they're going to be reporting on February 11th, pitchers and catchers for the Padres. So we have two weeks from yesterday until pitchers and catchers report, and the Padres still have some work to do on the roster. And I wouldn't be surprised if some trade came down during spring training to to round out this roster because I feel like that's where they're going to get their value right now is by trading some of, some of the younger players. And I can hear you out there. Please don't trade our prospects. But if you were with me, I think it was maybe last week or the the week before, I, I read a list from a, a listener who put out a tweet showing the top prospects in 2018 for the Padres system. And we went through like 10 of those guys. And only two of them were still with the team, one of them being Fernando Tatis Jr. I can't remember the other. But all of the other players were not even mentioned or are not even a, a name in baseball right now. So – Prospects are prospects, and I know you want people I, – I, I know that fans want development of these players from the Padres, but it seems like the Padres may be in a, um, uh, a finished product type of business instead of like instead of growing some of their infielders and some of their minor league prospects. Now, they definitely are there for pitching because Ruben Diabla is talked about by everyone, but they – are possibly not in the business of holding on to these guys and hoping that they become good. So, all right, this is the Scravy Show. I'm Matt Scravy here on 97.3 The Fan. When we get back, we have the Daily Gripe. Also, I've been seeing a bunch of advertisements online, some banner ads for season tickets of one team, and the team didn't even put the name of their own team on it. So I'm going to tell you all about that when we get back here on The Scraby Show on 97.3 The Fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Final segment of the Scraby Show for Monday night. I don't know if anybody else feels this way, but I really do feel like it's a Monday. I got a case of the moon days, and I don't know why. I'm not really like a Monday hater, 
But I'm not sure why I feel like I have a case of the Mondays today. I don't know. If you have the case of the Mondays, let me know. At Matt Scraby on X. So before I went to break, I was looking through the, or during the break, I'm sorry. I was looking through the chat, just seeing what people were saying on the YouTube stream. And there were a couple names that came about for players that the Padres should sign. And here's what I do whenever I see a name for who the Padres should sign. I immediately go to Spotrack or Spotrack. I actually had a guest on one time that told me the correct pronunciation is Spotrack. And that's a contract website. If you don't know, you can go and look up basically any contract in sports right now and see what people are making. But I go there and then I go to the market value uh, section of that just to see what teams are probably going to be offering this person. Well, one of the names that I saw was Jorge Soler, who played for the Marlins, and he had a really great year. I mean, I would take him on the team in a heartbeat. He's hitting 250 at 36 home runs last season, 75 RBIs, OPS plus of 128. His OPS was 853. You put him on the Padres, and that is a big bat in your lineup. So I am definitely in on him if they can get him. Problem is is that he bats he's righty and the Padres really need some lefties in their lineup. They they don't have many. I can't even outside of Trent Grisham who was on the team last year. I I can't think of a lefty Jake Cronenworth, but bottom line is they're going to need lefties in their lineup. Jorge Soler is not a lefty, but he's also very good, so I can overlook that. When you go see look at look at his market value, it's 13.9 million dollars according to Spotrack. They're saying that he can get a contract worth four years and $55 million. So with that being said, unfortunately, I think that takes the Padres out of it because Jorge Soler is just going to be too expensive. So to get back to where I started this conversation, I go and I look and see what their market value is and see if the Padres are anywhere near where they would be spending. And I don't think Jorge Soler is anywhere near um, their spending. $13.9 million for one year or four years, $55 million. I don't think that the Padres are going to do that right now. And I, I, as much as I think that Jorge Soler would be a great addition to the lineup, I also think that they are looking they're, – they're, I guess – the word, the word, the phrase is not penny pinching because they're definitely not penny pinching because they still have one of the highest payrolls in baseball, but they're looking to find areas where they could save money everywhere, and every little bit matters for this luxury tax. And so the thirteen million dollars is not, or fourteen million dollars is not going to be something I think the Padres are interested in. Cactus Man saying defer, defer, defer. Well. I would I, I would assume that teams now are trying to go down this deferral route. I would assume that teams are thinking, all right, the Dodgers did the whole deferral thing. Maybe we could do the deferral thing. And it's up to the player if they want a deferral. Again, I don't think most players want deferrals. Most players are not Shohei Otani. And most players do not have new balance money coming in before you even wake up in the morning. Most players are working towards that, but Shohei Otani, he could definitely take that and uh, take the deferral and probably be financially okay. If he, if, say he never even sees the money, he'll be financially okay, I think. But I, I, I really just 
don't know that players want to do that. I don't know that I would want to do that. Maybe I would. Here's what type of deferral I would do. I would put aside. Let me just say they're going to pay me $10 million, which would be amazing. I would put aside maybe $1 million a year. And then when I retire, it starts paying me a million dollars a year until my million dollar savings run out. And I, I, I think that that would be okay because it would be nice one day to get that payout. But the amount of money that Shohei Otani is deferring, he doesn't even know if he's going to be getting the same value down the road. And so I think that's what a lot of players are scared of. And I think that's what, why a lot of players don't want to do the deferral is that who knows what's going to happen with my money down the road. I need that money now. And so defer. it's easy to say deferral, but I don't really I don't really know that they're going to come to any contract agreements with players with def- with large deferrals in it. Very large deferrals in it. I just don't think it's going to happen. I'm trying to remember the other player that I was looking at in the... Oh, it was J.D. Martinez. J.D. Martinez was the other player that was uh, mentioned in the chat. Now, he is without a team right now, and J.D. Martinez was on the Dodgers last year for $10 million. But if you look at his market value, he's getting up there in age. He's 36 years old. He would be a good DH. He's also uh, he's also a righty. But number one, his agent is Scott Boris. So all the Scott Boris guys right now are just kind of waiting for things to happen. But Track is saying that uh, J.D. Martinez would average around $15.4 million in his deal this year, which is, again, I think outside of what the Padres are willing to pay. I would much rather the Padres go after Jorge Soler and pay him a little bit more than go after J.D. Martinez and pay him $15 million because Jorge Soler, he's not a young player by any means, but he's a, he's almost, he'll be 32 here coming up in on February 25th. And J.D. Martinez is um, older than 32. He's 36, as I said, and he's not getting any younger. So, I have a feeling that someone's going to overpay for J.D. Martinez, uh, and so that's why I wouldn't want to go in that direction unless he wanted to play for $7, $8 million, but I doubt he does. There's no Nelson Cruises out there that are going to play for a million. Uh, the Padres are going to have to look and be creative elsewhere. It's not these names that we've been talking about. I don't think that these names are going to be the guys that are going to end up on the Padres roster. I've said it once. I'll say it again. I'll say it a million times. AJ Preller's best work is done when no one has any idea that it's in the, in the mix. And so I have to put my faith into the organization that there's going to be some sort of addition to the team here very soon. Has to be. And I saw in the chat C20, I believe, said that uh, the mm, I shouldn't be misquoting C20. I'll, I'll get that C20 comment later if I could find it. But it's it, it, the, the Padres are going to be strapped for cash this year. Just anytime you think about a player, anytime someone mentions a player, just know that if they make over $15, $20 million, it's probably not going to happen. Unless they move a lot of stuff around. Unless they move a whole lot of stuff around. But thank you for the suggestion to the YouTube chat. Appreciate you coming up with some names. And um, we're going to keep working here on the Scraby Show. We're going to keep working. We're going to keep trying to figure out who is going to be in Padres camp. I'm reading the chat right now. Hunter Smith signed Brandon Belt. Trade for James Outman. 
That's funny you say James Outman. I don't know that the – I mean, he's a good player, but he's also playing for the Dodgers, and I'm not saying that because he's a Dodger. I'm saying that because I don't know that the Dodgers would trade him in division to the Padres. Um, and Brandon Belt, I, I, I think he's seen better days. We can't just keep bringing in guys just because they have names. I'd rather a no-name guy surprise me than trying to get a veteran who's past his past his days. Although, wow, I'm looking at Brandon Belt from last year when he, he played with the Giants from 2011 to 2022. Then last year he played for the Blue Jays, and he actually had a pretty good season. He had a 136 OPS plus. He had a two war. He had 19 home runs. He had 254. So maybe I eat my words there with Brandon Belt because I didn't think he had that great of a year last year. Brandon Belt would be someone. Now that I'm looking at his numbers, Brandon Belt's not a bad idea. He's a veteran. He can come in. He can play right away. And he can make little uh, a lot less money actually i'm looking at his uh average annual salary the calculated market value right now two and a half million dollars i think brandon belt i i laughed at that before but i shouldn't have because brandon belt definitely not a bad option um maybe not the player that everybody wants to bring in but still a guy that you could bring in for a low price and not have to worry about breaking the bank What's annoying Scraby today? Let's find out. It's time for the Daily Gripe. On the chat, R. Garcia, you missed the earlier data. Preller Trust is at an all-time low. I I understand that. I definitely understand it's at an all-time low. I said that last week. But at the same time, he's still capable of making the trades. So I'm going to hold out for a little bit longer. I may be crazy for doing that, but I'm going to hold out for a little bit longer. All right. Daily gripe today. Lighthearted gripes. I have two of them. One of them is a personal thing to me. My first gripe is when I type out a sentence and I am not looking at the screen or anything and I have most of it caps locked and not the right letters. So the first letter is lowercase. The rest of it is caps locked. I do that all the time here at work and it really bothers me. The second one is people that can't have fun talking trash. I was on X last night posting about the 49ers game and the amount of people that I triggered. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to trigger you. I'm just trying to have fun. But what I'm talking about here, here's my gripe. When... I think we're having fun and you are actually being serious and you DM me back with some horrible stuff like calm down, just a football game. I'm just having fun. If my team loses, you could throw it back in my face. I wasn't going after any Lions fans specifically. All right. That's it for the Scraby show today. Thanks everybody for joining me. I'll be back tomorrow. Please join the station. 97.3 The Fan.